You are listening to John DeYard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. John DeYard, and uh, welcome to our podcast on the Smile Prescription. I am super excited to introduce to you our guest, uh, Dr. Rich Castellano, who is a medical doctor, plastic surgeon, who's written this amazing book on the research of a smile. And I want to talk to, talk to you about that. But before I do that, let me just say a little bit about Dr. Castellano. He is an award-winning, double board-certified plastic surgeon, founder of the Image Lift, uh, originally from Tampa, Florida. He receives undergraduate and medical degree from University of Florida and completed his training in facial plastic surgery fellowship at Indiana University. He specializes in minimally invasive facelift and laser rejuvenation. Um, he performed 10,000 plus facial cosmetic procedures and over 3,500 facelifts under local anesthesia. And of course, I'm sure with a lot of good smiling. Um, you know, he's a, he's a plastic surgeon, but you know, his whole thing, and you'll see, it's super exciting because he's, he's all about the power of a smile. And I think that he's probably going to retire from plastic surgery and just get people smiling, right? That's the plan, right? Um, he's recently won, a pro that he won the prize award of the best facial injectable enhancement at the Aesthetic Show in Las Vegas. He's also published in scientific literature as well as the Wall Street Journal. Bestseller of two books, including his revolutionary approach to self-image and nonverbal communication. And of course, the smile prescription. Um, Dr. Rich has made hundreds of appearances in media and live events, and he's also the very first plastic surgeon to regularly post live broadcasts of surgery and cosmetic procedures to thousands of viewers. Imagine that. Really watching people get surgery online, that'd be crazy. Yeah, um, that would be really interesting, huh? Uh, for people. And Dr. Rich is now collaborating with executives and hospital administrators to, to provide trainings to doctors and healthcare teams to improve bedside manner. Isn't that a good thing? Boy, doesn't that, isn't that needed? Rekindle healthcare providers' passion for medicine and improve their patient care and customer service. Well, Dr. Castellano, Dr. Rich, thank you so much for being here. Um, <clears throat> I was reading your blog this morning, and you wrote about this guy who saved, what is it, 400, 160 lives with a smile. you got to tell me, tell us about how can a smile save that many lives? It is pretty amazing. First of all, thank you very much for the kind introduction. And I just, John, I just want to say, of course, how big of a fan I am. I am amazed at how you are serving and giving back, and it is a real honor to be here and talk with you and with your followers. So thank you again so much for having me. So that is an incredible story. So that man, he lives near, in an area where a lot of people go because they want to end their life. It's a tall bridge. And as they go and walk out before they you know, take the plunge, if he sees someone there, he will just come out, share a smile with them, and simply ask them, would you like something to drink? Would you, you know, to, to invite them to his home and that he's gotten over 150 people. Can you imagine no. that where, where they are emotionally and what it means to just see a simple smile? It communicates so much. It's so powerful. And thank you for the kind introduction. And yes, I'm really good at helping to change the face and make people look younger. But there's nothing I can ever do to the face 
that looks as good as Mother Nature's free facelift. It's our smile. So that's I am on a mission to help people capture this and utilize it because it is so powerful. It's right under our nose, literally and figuratively, and so few people tap into it. So that's my mission. That's why we're really excited to talk about the book, and I really appreciate you allowing me to be here with your fan and be a part of your amazing work. So I need to hear, I mean, I I would love to know what exactly happens when you smile. You know, our whole thing here at LifeSpot is to take ancient wisdom and prove it with modern science. And I know you have lost some pretty incredible science. Smile has been around for a long time, right? And now we have some pretty cool science to back it up. Tell me about that science. So there's scientific research that shows we actually live longer when we smile more. So in the 50s, they studied baseball players' cards. They put them in three categories, high smilers, big smile, middle-of-the-road smilers where they just smiled a little bit, not much with the eyes, you know, just kind of polite smile, and then the flat face, no smilers. The high smilers live to about age 79. The middle-of-the-road smilers live to about 75, 76. The flat, no smilers, they live to about 72. Wow, really? You physically live longer. There's research shows your heart rate goes down. So they did a study where if you just put a pen in your in your mouth and, and hold it in the back of your teeth like this, and it kind of forces you to almost assume that smiling position. And they had people perform stressful tasks or put their hand in ice, things that would elevate their heart rate. When they had an object in their mouth to mimic a smile – their heart rate would recover more quickly. So it physically changes chemicals in our body when we smile. There's a name for it. It's called the facial feedback hypothesis. Even Charles Darwin spoke about this quite some time ago. And it's well known that whatever we put on our face, it changes us on the inside. So the science is there. They've done, they've analyzed people's yearbook photos. From a photo, you can see how frequently or how much or how little people smile. And the more you smile in your yearbook photos, they showed that those people stayed married longer, lower rate of divorce, higher sense of well-being in their life. So there's tons of research and data. There's data to show. So some people get a facial nerve paralysis like a Bell's palsy or a, or if they get an injury to the facial nerve and then they physically can't smile. Mm-hmm. There's research to show those people have higher incidence of depression, which kind of makes sense. Well, you can't emote and show people how happy or joyous you may be, but your inability to do so just brings you down. A lot of people today have what I call a behavioral facial paralysis. Their nerve works, but they just don't do it. So if they sit here flat face, their risk for depression is higher. So – A little joke I tell people, I say I'm on four antidepressants. It's not really – you know, my antidepressants are eat well. I exercise every day as much as I can. I spend time with my family and my faith is important to me. Those are my four antidepressants. And if I don't take my antidepressants, I get depressed. (laughs) Everyone should be on antidepressants. This is the greatest antidepressant you'll ever be on. And yes, there's a little bit of silliness to it. But all I know is it makes me feel great. People respond to me differently. So as a facial plastic surgeon, one of the reasons why I got into what I do is 
people do treat us differently based on how young or how old they think we are. In the workplace or in relationships, our appearances matter. The most important person that treats us differently is ourselves. Right. Okay. So who's the most important person we are going to influence every day? Okay. When I look, it's ourselves. When I look into the mirror, I don't look at myself in the mirror unless I put a smile on my face because I just like how I look. And so I'm looking, I see, and I'm silly, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you're looking good. All right. Hey, you know, like the Fonz, he's going to go comb his hair, and he's looked like this, and he looks like he's going to touch. He's like, ah, it's perfect. You're beautiful, baby. So that's where that's where my focus is and I want to help train doctors with yeah. this you know when I first started doing this I thought it would be a little silly cuz already people tell me I look too young you know I hear the Doogie Hauser and uh, are you old enough to be doing this and I I tell them I'm 84 years old I've just done a lot of cosmetic treatments and so I was worried that people would think you're being too silly that this is not professional and so instead, I believe the height of professionalism is the ability to be a little bit silly. Right. If you know what you're doing so well, <clears throat> you can joke a little bit about it. You can be a little bit goofy because you're going to get the job done. And your inability to go there shows that you lack a little bit of confidence perhaps. So – you know, I can talk until your ears fall off. I mean, I just obviously I feel very strongly about this. Everywhere I go, I'm always smiling at people, and it's amazing how they treat me and how they respond. And people are very hungry for this message; they need it. And so, you know, that's I'm dedicating my life to this: is the power of smile and the power of human, um, the the power of human emotion to connect. Mm-hmm. And do they know the mechanism? No, for example, <clears throat> there's some studies that show if you put a container of yogurt on the table and you yell and scream, the microbes in the yogurt dramatically change. We know that if you put your gut microbes next to uh, a social disruptor or under stress, they change and they morph. Is it basically the gut brain access telling and the, and the brain gut access in motion, or are we talking about hormones like oxytocin and dopamine interacting with each other? What's the, do, they, do they know what the science is from a smile? It's a very good question. I think there's absolutely relationship to the, to the neurotransmitters, dopamine, endorphins. And so the answer is yes, they do play a role. There's specific neural pathways that when we create certain types of behaviors, you fire off different mechanisms. So the answer is yes, we are influencing neurotransmitters. You're stimulating the release of neurotransmitters with your mechanical motion. It goes both ways. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? Whether we have that feeling and then we express it or whether we express it and then we start to generate that feeling. If I'm here on this interview and I just sit here like this and have this face of this, this pained expression, it starts to make me feel uncomfortable. But if I change that around and I'm just listening to you like this and it's a little silly and <laughs> it makes me want to laugh a little bit, it, it changes you. It's really funny because I'll talk to doctors and I'll tell them this about the power of smile and I'll see the light bulb will go off in their head and they'll say, that they like they get it. They're like, yes, I do understand. And some of them will tell me, they say, that's very interesting. And I said, you should do some research on this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, the results are in. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's right here. So yes, there is science behind it, but more importantly, you can get your results right now. You know, when I was in India, when I was in India, uh, I was probably 30 at that time, and my teacher that I found, he was about my age as well, and he had a full head of hair like yourself, dark hair, he looked very young, and he, he just would lament about his hair not being gray, he wanted to look older, people didn't respect him, <laughs> and the whole thing was like, I just can't wait till I get older and more respectful, and, and now he's got a full head of white hair, and, and uh, he's finally respectable or respected. But what you're saying really is that that the smile seems to transcend that. You can actually smile and people feel safe around you. And is that what's really happening is people feel safe? Because at the end of the day, I think that as we, as we develop as young children, most of us are, are hardwired to want to feel approval and loved and cared for by others. And part of that is just being, being safe and secure. And as we grow up, we continue to reach out into our world with, you know, moms and dads and brothers and sisters or boyfriends and girlfriends or money or power or fame to be safe and secure. And a smile definitely provides like, hey, that guy's safe. He's not going to pull a gun on me or whatever. And that provides a level where the, the sort of the delicate petal of the protective flower can open. And you can have a, a, a relationship with the person truthfully, right? Because when I hear, if you're all smirky and not so nice... I'm feeling a little like, who is this guy? Is this some guy who's going to criticize me? You come off with a smile. I feel safe. I open up my heart and I let the truth of me out. And this is what Ayurveda, you know, Ayurveda means life, Veda is truth. It means the truth of your life. And I think what you're, what you're talking about is so powerful because it provides the ability for people to feel safe, to let the delicate petals of their flower open to be more sensitive, more vulnerable, and yet more powerful. And I think that's something that so ties in. It's why I wanted to have you on because it so ties into the Ayurvedic, the whole purpose of Veda, uh, Vedic science, is to is to let the more delicate and powerful vulnerable part out. And what could do it better than a simple smile when you walk into a room and you smile, everybody like, oh, that guy's safe, right? It's so true. So, you know, there's it touches everything. Smiling is the universal icebreaker. Yeah. When we see a baby, what's the first thing we do when yeah. we see yeah. a baby? And you want to connect with that baby. Right. You put a smile on your face. Now, if that baby smiles back at you, what do we do? We get really excited. It was like, we want to tell him. It's like, oh, look, he, he's smiling at me. Oh. Now we're making noises like babies, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I do, 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 do. You yeah. do all these things and you coo. And yes, we're hardwired. Now, I believe we can modify and change our hardwiring and we can reinforce it in different ways. And unfortunately, some people start to get hardwired to be negative. Yeah. Yeah. It is very difficult to, you know, I believe the other part of the power of smiling is simply presence. So if I'm going to give you, let's say I'm going to give you a genuine smile. So here I am and I'm giving you a genuine smile. I'm so excited to be on this interview. I physically have to be present. And if someone is being present with you, how easy is it for us to tell that they're being present with us versus how easy is it for us to tell if someone's not being present? Okay. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. So when you're smiling, you are being fully present or if you're laughing and being present you know are we in our frontal lobes with all these thoughts if you're laughing <laughs> it's really hard to think about your mortgage your bills so there's a lot of complex neural pathways the simplicity of it all is we're either in our mind or we're in our physical body mm -hmm. 
And the smile allows us to be there with the endorphins, with positivity. Now, if I'm fully present and I'm worried that you're going to kill me or hurt me, now here's my look. I'm watching you. There's no smile because I'm ready to react and respond and run if I need to. And you can see that in my eyes. But if I see you and I'm, I feel protected and safe, that comes through too. It's like an evolutionary type thing. I believe smiling is a, is a sign of creativity. When we create, when we build, it feels good. If you have a challenge and you're stressed or frust- stressed out or frustrated and you, and you figure it out and you say, aha, what's the first thing our body does? I've got it. I'm going to do that. And it communicates to others. But when we lack that, we're saying fear or negativity or sense of loss. So our smile is a message from the body, sense of gain. It's like, it's this simple. I see John, sense of gain. Oh, oh. But if I see, oh, is John have a knife? Is he coming? And then I'm like, oh, that sense of loss. Oh, smile is gone. Rarely people can fake it. Sometimes people are that good. It's very rare. We can almost always tell if someone's faking a smile or if their heart is not in it or if they've got a hidden pain. And I shine smile energy on all people. And when you shine smile energy on people and say, John, it's so good to see you. And then in the timing counts, your smile comes right back and say, oh, Rich, it's good to see you. I'm so excited we're here. I can tell. It's like, ooh, John's got a nice energy. So a lot of people – have a hard time smiling, right? This is why you write the book, and I think why it's, why it's, why it's going to do so well. So what you're saying is that the very first thing they need to do to kind of begin to have a smile is to be present, to give themselves 100% of that conversation. Is there more to that? Because a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, I have nothing to smile about. You know, I got, you know, it's like, where do we dig this smile up? I, I get it that it's there. It's probably our true nature expressed. But what other tips can you give people to get them you know, off the couch and into a smile. So I, in the book, I have a five-step process right. to get people to their smile. Now, it's one recipe. There's a lot of different recipes to get there. Just to get people started, silliness is always a great way to start. Right. So I'm a doctor, and I was just at a, con- a conference where there were thousands of people there, and some people would come up to me and say, oh, our team, we need to smile more in our team, but our doctor doesn't smile that much. How do we... How do we fix that? And so I would say, well, you can be a little silly. You're going to bring the doctor in the room and go see the patient, and you can just come up to the doctor and you just go, hey, I'm going to go see this next thing. And then you go over here. And a little bit of silliness or spend time with people who smile a lot. So, yes, you mentioned presence, being present with smilers, being present with funniness, being present with gratitude all gets you there. Um, just start where it's easiest. And yes, we can be focused. We can be hardwired to focus on the negativity. When you're focused on the negativity, your smile will run away. Find one thing you're grateful about. When you, when you focus on your gratitude, so thankful that we have internet and Skype that I can connect with John right now and through the magic of technology, that makes me smile. Wherever it's easiest for you, Just start there. Now, in the book, we talk about, listen, if you can just be present, that helps your smile. Because a lot of people, we ignore ourselves. We don't pay attention to the pain inside of us. And if we ignore it, 
that will drain your energy. That will drain your ability to smile. So I'm present with myself all the time. I recognize, well, there's a lot of different things that may cause me pain. Maybe I had a hard workout or maybe I have a relationship upset with someone and I need to pay attention to that. And when you do address that, then you say, oh, I feel so much better. (laughs) And I would imagine that, that part of the way, one of the ways to be present is to really listen to the person. And I think that in our culture, we have so many distractions that we don't listen anymore, you know, and people don't listen to what anybody's saying. And you're just thinking about what you're going to say next. And you're not even hearing what they're saying. Half the time you have a conversation, so you can tell the person's not listening to the word I'm saying, and they don't even care what I'm saying. And all they really want to do is say what they want to say. And somehow, so that's, a, I think, a very common conversation. You go, God, that was just a ridiculous conversation. <laughs> How do people break that? Like, here's this person, just you can just tell, all they want to do is tell you their story. And you got to want to listen to this whole thing, and you don't really want to, and help me. So, you know, the question I love to ask is, what is your outcome? Yeah. If you want to create that connection, why do you want to connect with that person? I mean, I could come up with a million reasons why I want to get to know John better. And you're just so, I'm so much admire you and I want to be like you and do what you're doing. And we're both on the same path together. So that makes me so interested. And I want to hang on every word you say. And that's, oh, wow. And that's amazing. And so I get so excited and it makes me smile. So when you are, again, I'm finding my gratitude for our relationship or what, what is it that you want to do? Do you really want to feel good when you take that interest in them? Right. It will come and it will flow naturally. So start anywhere, start somewhere, start simply. Look in the mirror. Even if we're just looking in the mirror and saying, you're an amazing human being. I'm going to get to know that person. And when I look, I don't see the smile or I may see pain, but I care about you or I'm going to, I'm going to save you or I'm going to make this happen. I don't know how. And you go, you know, and just get, get whatever you need to do, but keep it simple. Find someone who's got a great smile. Go tell them, you know, I really like your smile. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I can summarize when people come to me with any type of smile challenge, it's this formula. Uh, Dr. Rich, I'm having challenge with this. I've got this situation. And I can't smile in that situation. What did I do? So my answer is to smile. Anyway. It's that so simple. Right. Not, not out of disrespect, but to find the positive. It's there. Keep searching. And I guarantee you can find it anywhere. Even if that smile is just to say, oh, I'm, I'm still alive. I'm still here. Oh, I, I just got to take one more breath. <laughs> we've, we've arrived at this moment. Thank goodness. Could, be, could always be better, could always be worse. Yeah. I, I could go on and on. I've got a roof over my head. Um, right. there's, I ate today. Um, I've got teeth. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. we're, we're, whatever it is for you, find something and just, just start there. But it, it must be a habit. And when you are present with other people or be present with yourself, we get tuned into our habits, Mm -hmm. the habits of our culture. And when we're so focused on the habits that we aren't, we aren't exercising creativity. When there's no creativity, your smile goes away. Mm -hmm. What do they do in kindergarten? The kids, they're just drawing like this. And what do they want to show you? Here's my, look what I created 
smile. Right. So, so just and, – and now it's the rave where adults are doing coloring books because now they have to focus physically, whether it's a meditation, a coloring meditation or a smiling meditation. With my patients, they'll tell me their stress and frustration. I will do a walking meditation with them in the room because it's so simple and people walk all the time but they never – truly walk. I learned that from Thich Nhat Hanh. You know, you, you put your foot down, you feel your weight on the balance of your heel, you feel the transfer of the weight, and as long as you're focusing on that movement, it feels glorious. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I do this all the time, but I ignore it. And if you do simple things like that and do it over and over again, especially if we're tight or tense, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, I know you know these things, and so that's where my mind goes whenever I come up with the question of, I've got this situation, I can't smile in that situation. How do I smile in that situation? And I can solve that every time, all the time, all day. Sometimes it is very difficult to smile. And the time we need to smile the most is when we want to smile the least. Mm -hmm. There's an old saying in uh, Ayurveda that says, I love you, but it's no concern of yours. Which means that, that, you know, we spend most of our time trying to get them to respond to us in a way that makes us feel safe. So like you said, a fake smile or trying to get do a little dance to make them like us and approve of us, as opposed to just being joyful because it's your nature to be joyful. And then they feel the truth in that and they feel safe to open up the petals of the flower. Like the sun doesn't shine on a flower going, oh God, I really hope they blossom. I really hope the trees grow. The sun just shines because that's what it does. And we know that, that the microbes inside of your gut, when you, you love them and you give to them and you care for them, the microbes proliferate in a positive way. When you stress them out, they go south. We know that when you give what's called eudaimonically without any concern of the outcome versus hedonistically where you give with wanting them to like you back, that those crates, that, that when you give without a need for an outcome, it changes at the level of the genetic code. So what you're, I think what you're saying is that and maybe I, I, tell me if this is right, that the nature of, and this is, I want some science behind this, because if we're saying the nature of the human being is naturally joyful and a smile is an expression of that truth, right? Then, then, um, then of course, it should be very effortless for us to, you know, to express that. But there's a lot of pushback on the idea that the nature of the human being is joyful by nature. And I'm just curious to know from your side, you know, how would you define the human condition? Would you define it as joyful? And if so, how, do you, how can you make that statement? It's a great question. And so let me do, I'm going to, um, it's, I just have to plug in this. I realized this one little battery. Let me do it because the nature of my computer is that it needs a uh, power. Let me just plug this one little thing in here and here we go. I got it right here. So the nature of the human condition is, I believe that the nature of human condition is survival. Yeah. And when we survive, we may see things positively or negatively. So, the nature of survival, and I say this as a scientist and as a spectator of the human condition, if someone's trying to kill us or hurt us or harm us, then you, you know, there's not time to create right there. You don't want creativity. I mean, yes, you might need a new solution, but you just really need to respond and get out of there. But let's say if we're not an immediate threat, I believe that the human condition sees two 
fields. One is sense of gain and sense of loss. Sort of expansion so, and contraction. Expansion and contraction. Love and you. so your body knows, like when I connect and present with John, what a sense of gain. Like, wow. I mean, woo. And if I leave, there's a little bit of sense of loss, but, I, you know, boy, what an amazing sense of gain there. Or So I believe is the human condition innately joyful? We, we can live our entire lives with a sense of loss. And some people demonstrate that very well. And we can also dem- live our entire lives with a sense of gain. When we, when we hunger, our body's saying, oh, a loss. I, <laughs> I'm lo-. It's a physical p- pang, a pain, and we need to satisfy it. And when we take a bite, we're hungry. The best, the best ingredient you put in any food, the best flavoring for any food is hunger. You know? So <laughs> you take that bite, oh, we feel a sense of gain. Mm-hmm. Oh. So to me, I see it's one or the other. Now, before I was able to meditate and be really at present with myself, I had to think about things so much and think about this. And, and now, I had to be so smart and pass all these tests and do all this. Now I try and think as little as possible because my, my body is so intelligent. When I meet someone like you, it takes me a split second to say, wow, what an amazing person. I don't need to think about those things. I can sense it and feel it in your truth and in your smile and how you carry yourself and in your integrity. All of those actions show you are an enormous giver. And it doesn't take that long for us to see those things. So I try and re- relate. The brain is great. My favorite quote from Eckhart Tolle, the brain is a tool. Use it, but when you're done with that tool, just set it down, which is very hard to do because we're in a society of compulsive thinkers. Right. So stop thinking, start feeling. But we have a culture where the sense of loss is pervasive. People always feel that they're not getting enough. They want yes. that their the reward chemistry is on steroids. We want more and more and more. And we can't fill it up with dopamine reward chemistry. So we have to fill it up with something else. So we fill it up with a smile. Right. So the human condition is the most amazing experience experiment ever. People have demonstrated we can become addicted to anything. Totally. Smoking. Whoever smokes a cigarette is like, I just... (laughs) I love this, right? (laughs) We can become addicted to drugs and alcohol and all these things. I have a theory. The reason why we become addicted to those things is because we just want to smile. If we really want... If we're drinking, you take a drink, you're like... Oh, oh, I feel good now. I can get. I'm drunk right now off of my own endorphins and neurotransmitters, and it's just it's amazing. It's a heady experience. We can become addicted to anything. Become addicted to negative. You can become addicted to positive. You can become addicted to sense of gain. You can become addicted to sense of loss. So, since we can program this amazing computer any way we want, then let's ask this question: How would you like to program this amazing computer if you could? program it with anything you could because by the way haven't people already demonstrated that they can program this amazing brain 
with almost any But don't software. we have to deprogram it first? Have we been sort of programmed to reward chemistry? It's never filled us up. We have a culture of overstimulation. So how do we get people to, to get off the reward chemistry bandwagon and start to get filled up with a simple thing like a smile or giving or caring for another? You're absolutely right. Well, it's like a software upgrade, right? right. And, and all of our you know, gadgets and this. So Sometimes they don't work, though. Sometimes they work worse after you get that upgrade. <laughs> that is right. So what's the key? We should continually be upgrading our software. And here's another key to it. You're right. Sometimes they don't work. I tell myself every day, I say, you know what? It is not easy being human. We're so frail. We're so error prone. And I want to make things perfect to make it. But when I say, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect or I want to tell this person I really care about them and I'll smile and I'll say something and maybe it hits right on and they give me a big smile back. But maybe I say something and I stick my foot in my mouth or, or just something and it doesn't feel quite right. But you know what? We'll make those mistakes. But keep going. Keep going. Sense of gain. Sense of gain. Sense of gain. And you'll get there. But if the software upgrade isn't perfect, well, that's okay. But just first be aware. So I'll, I, let me give you a tool. Here's a tool that people can use to help improve their smile and its presence and its awareness. But it's a numeric tool. It's called the smile score. Okay. So when you see someone or see ourselves, you can rate them zero to ten. Ten being some people they smile no matter what happens to them. Well, it looks like I got a flat tire, you know? <laughs> and some people, no matter what happens to them, they never smile. Okay? Yeah. Now, some people say, what do you mean I got to smile all the time? Well, you smile however you want to. Put it into thirds. High smiler, middle smiler, or low smiler. The beauty of this, think about, and for those of you listening, think about the people, the five or ten people you spend the most time with. Write their names or write their initials down and give them a smile score right away. It takes you about a second or two to say, oh, yeah, Mary, she's of this score. Oh, my father, he's of this score. And just write them all down. Yeah. Your best relationships the ones you enjoy the most, the most creative, the most fun, higher smile scores. Now think of your most difficult relationships that you have right now. I promise you they are lower smile scores. Right. It, may seem, it may seem oversimplified or, or a little silly. It works. And in my office, I use this professionally. So if I do a cosmetic consultation with someone and they want to look younger, they want to modify their face physically – if I can't get them to smile through the entire consultation, i.e. either a low smile score, what's the likelihood I'm going to get them to smile after I do my very best work? I don't know. You could, you, can you just make it smile all the time? <laughs> if I get them stuck there and walk around like this, I love it, Doc. It's great. The point is they're not likely to be that happy. Right. And so I got to screen them out. And I say, you know, I don't know if this treatment's going to give you enough improvement to make you happy. Really? I, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. Now, this is predictive of any relationship you have. Smiling is the oxygen of relationships. A relationship will build and grow when you create, when you have that smiling. It's like the dolphin uh, trainers. They're always giving the fish to the dolphins. People are constantly seeking a smile. If I come to you, John, and I just I love our conversation so much, I'm getting smiles, getting smiles. I'm coming back. I love this. I'm coming. And if I come to you and you're busy or distracted and you're like, hey, Rich, okay, and you're somewhere else, and I'm not getting those fish, those smiles, I'm not going to stick around because my brain is like, oh, sense of loss, sense of loss, sense of loss. What am I going to go find? 
sense of gain somewhere. And you know, if I'm so negative or this and sense of loss, sense of loss, and I pick up some alcohol and I do this and it changes me and I have a brief flash of sense of gain. <gasps> yeah, the brain I remembers that. Yeah. A sense of gain. I get a little sense of gain. Well, now I have programmed myself. Right. To <laughs> but also, Rich, what happens also is, is that we spend a lot of our time wanting other people to behave the way we want them to be. And our mind says, I will love them a whole lot more, smile a whole lot more, be nice to them a whole lot more, if they would just do a little more of this or do a little less of that. Take the trash out, close cupboards, be this way or be that way. And until they do it the way I think they should do it for their own, for their own good, I'm going to hold back my love. I'm going to hold yes. back a little bit. And when they do it right, I will love them. So we put right. this condition, right, on love. So what you're saying is like, stop doing them, behaving based on their crazy behavior. Start doing you now. Right. And if right. you have love for them, and chances are, if you're talking about your husband or your wife, you probably love them. It's probably things you really love about them. It's probably things that you wish they could do a little different. And we put our attention sort of generally on the things that they should change. As opposed to saying, here's the things I love and acting on those things. And if we act on those things, you're acting on your true belief and true experience of that person versus what your mind has convinced you that they need to do so then you can someday be happy. And oftentimes relationships go on for years and years and years, right? And nobody ever gets happy. So nobody smiles. So what you're telling us is that, that don't wait for them to change or take out the trash better or do this or that better. Start acting on the truth. Start acting on the love. Start acting on the joy. Start acting on the gratitude. And gratitude, I, I want to ask you one question. Gratitude comes from the word gratis, which means free. So when you, when you, this is a very Vedic concept, and I write about a lot this way. I, I, I wanted to have you on. And I wanted to connect this, the dots for people who know about, you know, this version, Vedic version of happiness. Is gratitude is, is all about, you know, being free to express your joy, your true nature. And that's, I think you're so right about looking, you know, for maybe your husband's a little bit crazy or this or that. What are you grateful for in that person? And then you have to act on it. And that lays down neural pathways in your brain to that you can drive down. Most of us don't drive down the happy roads. We don't lay down those pavements. We just think if he would change, I'd be so much happier. I would love him, actually. I'd be nice to him, actually. But instead, until he changes, I'm going to be mean to him and hold back my love and resent him a little bit. So we never lay down the pavement based on our truth. We lay down the pavement that our mind created to make us feel safe and secure. So what you're telling us is that the simplest way to start that is number one, be present. Number two, listen. Be aware of the truth of who you truly are and act on it. And you act on it first with what? A simple smile. Absolutely. I love how you put that because you say that there's a story, there's a script that we may have, and it keeps us from right. smiling until that script is satisfied. So I believe there's three important ingredients to the human condition. One of them is story, which is our frontal lobe, our brain. Story. The other one is, of course, the smile. You can't go without the smile. The endorphins, the sense of gain. And, and with the lack of that endorphins and smiles, a sense of loss. So you either have smile or no. So story, smile, and the third one is heart and excitement. You're either, you're either high excited or you're really low excited and chill. Now, you mentioned that situation. Well, this person isn't acting this way and I can't be happy until they do that. Now, what happens if you just drop the story? So when I experience you, I don't need any story at all. 
it's mindless. If I just sit here and I just admire you. <gasps> and let me tell you, when I watch my kids, I've got a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 9-year-old. I can just watch them. Yeah. And I just I get choked up and I'm just, <gasps> I just want to watch them. And I then want to go hug them and kiss them and tell them I love you so much. And there's, there's no story there. I need zero story. If we, and that's frontal lobe. That's mind. That's set, set the brain down. Eckhart Tolle, set the tool down. From the when, when, you, when you can connect with someone with no story, you're like, boy, that's a little unusual. But let me tell you something. It's powerful. Yeah. It's so pure. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So there's usually a story. That stops us from smiling. I can't smile because da 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 da. da. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, either story or no story, make any story you want and make sure that the smile is there. We can. We don't believe we have the permission or the ability to actually say, "Boy, I feel like heck right now," but I've got this interview, so I'm just gonna. Ha, and here I am, and I feel pretty good actually right now, and I've been traveling and. Um, and, and so that was stressful to my body, but when I'm here and I can say, wow, I, let me tell you right now, I feel awesome. My heart is excited. I'm smiling big. Okay. And this is a great story. My brain is so excited. It's firing off all the neurons. Those are the three ingredients. So just ask yourself, what are you doing with each of those ingredients? Now that story can be anything we want. And that's totally scary. Yeah. One of the, I've heard people say, you know, life has no meaning except for the meaning that we give it. Yeah. It's very scary to say, what do you mean life has no meaning? But the beauty of that is we can create that meaning. And you use the word gratitude as in the root word being free, like gratis. Let me have that gratis free. And I believe that it's a freedom. Gratitude is almost a freedom from story or thought or thinking. Right. Because when we're thinking, think there's a rule. The more we smile, like really deeply smile, we just look into someone's eyes and smile with them, the less you think. The more you think analytically stress and I'm like, oh, I got to pay this mortgage bill and do this. The more you think, the less we smile. Mm-hmm. Now, you can balance them. You can balance heart, think, and smile. In our world, just know we're over heavy on the story part of it. We're light on the smile. Any dash of smile you can add into the mix, just get it in there. But at least be aware, be present, and always be listening because we are so we're lost. We've lost the forest through the trees. We're so in the middle of our story, we can't even be present with ourselves. Right, right. You know the things that produce oxytocin and is which is this hormone that the more you make, the more you make. Dopamine, the reward chemistry, the more you stimulate a reward chemistry, the more stimulant you need. It's kind of a, a downward spiral. But the giving and the loving and the caring and you know being present and all these things increase oxytocin. And I think that's what you're what you're telling us is that that how can we how can we function from that place of feeling the faculty of thought is in your heart, not your mind. How do we stop thinking and start feeling? How do we think without thinking? And that's by feeling. And how do you do that? By giving and caring. Not giving and caring because you want them to like you back or want you want them to like your present you gave them, but giving because it truly gives you joy to give to them. Isn't that what you're saying? You're that you really be it. present with the joy and the love that you're giving. When you're smiling to them, you're not smiling for yourself. You're smiling because it's, it's, it's the sun shining as opposed to saying, okay, when do I get my smile, right? That's right. You create it. Brendan Burchard has this amazing quote. It says, the power plant does not have energy. 
it creates it. If I want happiness right now between you and I, let's say we're talking and I say, you know, I really want to create some happiness with John. I have to create it and I have to go, hey, John. <laughs> so now I'm creating happiness. Now you want me to create a lot of happiness? Like, hey, John, I'm so excited to be here and oh, this is going to be great. Ah, and I'm creating happiness. And if I'm, listen, I love to dance. When I get on the dance floor and I'm dancing, I'm creating happiness. My wife is like, please don't embarrass us. And I'm just like, I'm just creating. I know most people aren't used to this kind, and I'm just being silly. And other people on the dance floor, they want to come and dance because they're having fun, and they want to create too. And it's silly. It can just be even little things. You know, even if you just dance with your fingers, you can be fun and be silly. So you create it. What is the emotion you want? You create it. And by the way, I'm saying all these things, but I have these same struggles too. Like I'll have a relationship and say, oh, yeah. but I want this. And then I say, well, you got to go create it. So if I'm going to go and create it to really be a good creator, you've got to clear the mind. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a, a question to help me, okay? I have a book coming out called Eat Wheat, completely going against this, this, this scientific grain of you know, wheat is the poison and gluten is a poison and all these things. And I'm going against the grain in a major way, going against the science, and, and I'm super excited about doing that. But... You know, I'm also like, okay, here we go. I'm going to get clobbered by, by writing this book. We have 600 references. It's really, I did my homework. But at the same time, you know, it's just contrarian. I'm going against the grain in a big way. What's your advice to me? And I, I think you smile at these scientists who are going to tell me I'm out of my mind. How do I go about this? So, you know, you've got a foundation. You just build off that foundation. And I've never seen any success story that wasn't, totally disagreed with in the beginning you know who was the person who said first they when you have a brilliant idea first they laugh at you then what do they cast stones and then they follow you i'm I'm leaving but the point is you've got to weather that storm and the bottom line is you people don't remember what the words we say but they do remember how we make them feel yeah and you know in your heart the power of grain is that fair to say yeah you know that. You can't hide that. When you're talking about that, you may say, well, let me tell you about grain. There's this research, this, that, and the other. And it comes across, it's very story. There's mind, but there's no heart or there's no excitement in it. So right. three ingredients. Right. If it's story only, society has proven that won't connect. Right. But if you know in your heart, let me tell you about what this did for, it's in the research. That's amazing. It satisfies us. But the way I feel, oh, and I get so excited talking about this because it's made a difference in people's lives. Look at this. So when you communicate it, yeah. you are, we are here. We are storytellers. Mm-hmm. And you want to tell that story. And the best way you're going to tell that story, oh, let me tell you a story about wheat. And it, people think it was, oh, it was terrible. But you know what? We've been wrong in the past about certain things or we've been misunderstanding certain things. So when you tell your story, just make sure you crank that smile up. You got You have to create and generate that happiness and create and generate that excitement. And we've got to practice it and rehearse right. it. Right. You know, because – and I do that all the time. I practice my smile stories. My wife and kids are like, Dad, enough with the smile talk. Like they're going <laughs> to – but they're all great smilers yeah so they gotta put up with dad you know but you know when we know that so much people will see you and they're just they'll just feel you and they're gonna say wow they're gonna say sense of gain 
yeah. sense of gain, yeah. sense of gain. Yeah. So when you're giving that story, if you can trigger them to say, oh, sense of gain, sense of gain. It's really that simple because people make a split second decision yeah. about us. Yeah. We're either sense of loss, sense of gain. In the dating scene, you're, you look right away, sense of loss, sense of loss. Ooh, sense of gain. Ooh, there's sense of gain, right? Yeah. I recently had to be, so, so easy for people to be so intimidated by the environment. Sense you know? of loss. Right. And, and I think the message you're bringing to, to everyone is like, you know, be aware that you're in this sense of loss and you're intimidated. But then again, what do you have to lose by having playing with this and having fun with it and having being joyful about it? Like you said, people remember the feeling. And we're, we are the faculty of our thoughts are our feelings, not our thoughts. So, so, you know, it's just a great reminder, you know, for me, as I go into this, this new world of, you know, going against the grain, you might say, but also, for, for you. yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm super excited. I love meeting you because I, when I first met you, I was like, <laughs> this is the energy I need to bring when I go against the scientific community. Right. And, but I think everybody can take this and go, wow, it's so right. I can be joyful and why not? What do I have to lose if I'm joyful in this spirit? What, what do I have to lose if I'm grateful in this experience? And why not trigger it with a smile? Because like you said, you're telling us it's the key to allow you to act on the, the, the deeper, more real part of us, which is the joy, right? Right. And you may say, hey, you know, what have I got to lose? Or you can phrase it another way. All right. What have I got to gain? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. To- now, you can't just singe people's eyebrows off. You have to meet them where they are. Right. When you meet them and then you build it up and you build and build and build and build and build, you can get to that point where you're just literally, then you're you know shouting from the rooftops, but start, meet people where they are. And people are starving for a story with meaning. They're starving for growth, for starving of sense of gain. And I pay attention to a lot of what I eat, which is why I'm so excited about your book, because awareness and being present with our body, it's truly remarkable to say, hey, here's this food, and guess what? I'm magically going to turn it into me. <laughs> and we'll put anything in us. So I'm <laughs> about your book, and when you express that and get people to really understand, or more importantly, to feel how it feels when they take in the right things into when we do that the right things into our body wow what a difference this is it's purely magic it's like it's a miracle and we and we live our lives as if it's not even there as if we have no access so that's where the world needs you to share that message <laughs> well i, I want to thank you this has been great i think you're so inspiring I think this book's going to be a great hit. I think it's going to change so many people's lives. And it's so simple, but yet so profound. You know, the, the, one of the most powerful things about Ayurvedic medicine and the wisdom is that they understood the power of the subtle, you know, and that the subtle things are the most powerful. And one of their, one of their analogies, when you pull back a bow and you hold it back, the littlest movement here makes a huge impact oh. at the level of the target. And what you're doing here is you're manipulating you know, the string here and making a powerful effect on the world just by a simple smile. It's such a beautiful, simple, profound concept. And I truly appreciate it. I'm going to do everything I can to help promote it, get you get your get your book in people's hands so they can actually really practice, you know, this art of a simple smile, because it's the, it's the what is it? The tip of the iceberg of your true self being exposed. Right. Would you say that? Is that true? It absolutely is. And, and thank you so much. John, you are such a gift in my life. 
I have goosebumps just from this conversation and it's truly a beautiful thing and I have a simple rule in life. If something makes me smile and makes the people around me smile and we're not breaking the law or hurting people, then I'll do it. And if it, if it takes my smile away or takes other people's smiles away, then I'm not going to do it. And all you have to do is pay attention and you can see that very quickly. So every moment I spend with you, when I get an email from you, I'm smiling. I mean, so I am on board. I'm so grateful for you, how you are so committed and you're so caring and you've, you've already done so many amazing things in your life. And now you're taking on this whole new, this, this project to educate people about diet and grain. And I, I honor you. I'm excited to, uh, it's an exciting time to be alive and what we eat and how we smile and all of this energy it's it's going somewhere powerful and i'm just i'm just happy to be here and to ride the wave so thank you so much for including me in your uh in this talk today and uh, you know i'm excited about what the future holds i'm sure everyone is blown away by your energy you have so much to give i just think that everybody can learn so much from just hearing you speak and that's what i want to do is get you on and just watch you smile for an hour which we did <laughs> And it's just great. It's contagious. It's infectious. And you, know, you just go out there and you just get the world smiling. And boy, does it really need it these days. Thank you. Well, Dr. Gastelano, thank you so much. It's great, great, great to meet you. Good luck with your book. Anything I can do along the way, I'm all here for it. Thank you. We'll be in touch. All right. God bless. Thank you so much. Thank You're you, welcome. John. You're welcome. Hi. Did you like this video? Do you like our content here at Life Spa? You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash John right here and get this valuable content every week in your inbox. This recording is brought to you by Life Spa, where ancient Ayurvedic wisdom meets modern science. Get access to free health video newsletters by Dr. John at lifespa.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.